On this episode of Resi Week, Savant completes their GE acquisition, CD Expo's virtual event, and Crestron's next. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 231, Lucrative Exposure. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Atlona, the go-to provider for AV signal distribution and control in corporate, higher education, and residential spaces. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week, your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for avnation.tv, and this week, we are pleased to be joined by two of my good friends. First, we have Mr. Jason Knott. He is the Chief Content Officer at CE Pro. How are you, sir? I'm great, Matt. Thanks for having me. Thank you for, for joining us. Then we have my partner in crime, Mr. Stephen Bronner. He is the owner of Pro Audio Georgia. How are you, sir? Man, I am outstanding. It's a little wet down here today, but uh, still a beautiful day to be in the GA, baby. Very nice. Uh, if you are watching this on video, I did not celebrate Canada Day or July 4th overly hard. We're having color balance problems with my camera and a green screen. So we're working on it. Um, although I did celebrate both holidays because that's how I roll. The joys of marrying an American wife. All right. Uh, let's jump right in with a story that comes to us from CE Pro. Savant completes their GE lighting acquisition. If you've been following along, uh, about, I think, six weeks ago, uh, Mitchell will probably find the exact date and link for us in the show notes. Uh, we we announced and, and, and covered the fact that Savant was had plans in the works to acquire GE Lighting and leverage the, the brand name as well as the staff, the, the current HQ in Ohio, uh, and a, a bunch of those smart products. And they have closed that acquisition, finished it today, although they have not uh, disclosed any of the financial terms. So we'll have to wait and, and see if that happens, if ever. Uh, you never really know. Jason, let me, let me start with you on this as, A, this is uh, from CE Pro, which is very helpful, and the, the one and only Bob Archer. When you saw that this closed this quickly, that, that should be a very positive sign for people who have kind of been watching this from the sidelines. Is there, is there anything additional or anything we should read into that other than it just, it closed really quick? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess this had been in the works for quite a while. And uh, Savannah had actually mentioned to me when they um, <clears throat> went public with the news that they were surprised that it hadn't leaked because uh, it had been in the works for a while. So I'm not really familiar with how long the typical due diligence takes on something like this, but it does seem uh, like they were able to pull it together pretty quickly. Very good. Steven, this is something that, you know, when you talk to people outside the industry, they know, or, or some people know GE much more than they know your stereotypical smart home brands. It, what is, what does that do now that this is, you know, not just a, a likelihood to happen now that this has happened, what does it do? They, they want to leverage the GE smart home, um, kind of, kind of branding. Is GE a brand that, from a lighting standpoint, still has massive junior, uh, uh, massive consumer notoriety? Yeah, that's a negative ghost rider. GE, they they're about twenty years late on that acquisition. 
Um, here's the problem, and, and, and I don't see anything wrong with them acquiring it. I think it's cute. But the, uh, the thing is, is that nobody really thinks of GE as smart homes. You see GE on your electric panel. You see GE on a light bulb. But smart home, um, I can admire Savant for going out and doing it. But I think what's going to come in the wash of this, if we talk about this in six months to a year, what's going to end up happening is, is the reason why it moves so fast is because GE knew what they had wasn't worth anything and they wanted to sell it really quick. So, so you uh, don't give any credence to the fact that what, Jason, correct me if you remember off the top of your head, less than what, like six months ago, they announced their um, Wi-Fi based lighting control system, no neutrals, 50 bucks a dimmer, nothing that doesn't matter. You know, strangely, it mattered so much that I have not seen a single blip about it anywhere. Um, I'll have Obviously to you don't watch that. my show enough. Um, I watch your show religiously and just not sadly, enough. talk about a lot of ir irrelevant things. So I'm not exactly. <laughs> no, um, seriously. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you guys. I think that I, I really believe in my heart and I read the article and I kind of did some internal searching on the, you know, what I thought about the history of, of the product line. And honestly, I think that it, I never really put a lot of thought to how fast it closed because I knew that there were some backroom talks going on for a little while. But I mean, really, when I think of a GE smart home, I think of something I could walk into a Ace Hardware or a Home Depot and pick up on the shelf. It doesn't seem like a product that, uh, that a company like Savant would normally be interested in. Um, I think Savant's getting trounced in the industry right now because of brand recognition. And I think GE may help that. Uh, but the fact that GE can help your brand recognition is not saying very much for your brand recognition. So uh, I don't think it's a big deal. We'll see. Like I said, in six months to a year, we'll see if this flushes out. But um, I think that it's uh, I think it's good for GE. I want to see GE survive. I'm a big fan of that company. That's an old company. A uh, lot of engineering, a lot of a lot of revolutionary inventions came out of that company. So I want to see them survive. Um, but I just don't know. I think that Sabat buying that one little sliver of GE and giving access to that 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 one little piece is just not quite going to cut it. Um, if I was Savon, I would have gone the complete opposite way. But of course, I don't own a billion dollar company. So what, you know, we'll see how it works out. Well, it'd be interesting because, you know, brand 20 years ago, uh, I'm old enough to remember when uh, GE, Sears and um, uh, Home Director created and Microsoft combined to create Home Director, which was the structured wiring, you know, early in the structured wiring days. And I think the idea there was to, that they were going to have this structured wiring panel with this great brand name on it. And it actually um, ended up becoming IBM home director for a while up in Canada and, and survived for a lot longer. But it's interesting because 20 years ago, there was no such thing in this industry as Sonos. Yeah. And Sonos is, a, is an example of a consumer brand name that has made headway into the custom installation space. So, um, you know, if you look at past history from 20 years ago, eh, it wouldn't make a difference. But in the last five years, uh, maybe there's a shift in that brand awareness level of the consumer. And it's going to drive people to, to the custom installation industry. Let's hope so. Yeah, that, that's 
what I think we're all betting on. In, in I'd love to boost in business. Yeah, the boost in business would be great. But as a as a diehard Lutron guy, um, you know, it just the news didn't really affect me. I will say this, and uh, props to Savant uh, for this one. Their lighting control, their their breaker system, their lighting control system with the breakers and stuff. Grace point. That was actually pretty slick. Now I don't know. I'm I'm still interested to see how it works out for UL and electrical code. I think electricians are going to freak out. Um, I know down here in the southeast, electricians love us as long as we stay out of their way and vice versa. So as soon as I tell an electrician I want to put a different breaker in your panel, I think that's going to cause quite an uproar. But I will give them props. Uh, I thought the technology was amazing. Um, I, I think that it, it's got a little ways to go, but if it becomes as reliable as Lutron, um, I think they could really put a dent in the market by putting that system into homes. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to watch. All right, gentlemen, let's move on to the next story of the day. This comes to us from Residential Systems back on Canada Day, July 1st. Uh, Cedia Expo virtual event has announced the dates. It will take place September 15th through the 17th. Uh, Emerald Expositions, which owns uh, Cedia Expo as well as uh, Jason's company, has sent out essentially a, a digital save the date card uh, to get smart from, or sorry, get smart at home. It helps when I get the uh, tagline correct. Stephen, let me let me start with you on this one. Um, you and I have been walking the show floor, covering Cedia, kind of, we get together. This is the one time of year that you and I usually see each other face to face and we spend three, four days eating and walking around the show floor and learning about tech and, and seeing our friends and, and doing all that stuff together. Uh, we are somewhat inseparable, I would say, uh, at, at the show for better or worse, depending on which one of us you like better. I know it's me. It's cool. <laughs> the, the fact that this is going digital, we just saw Infocom uh, last month run their uh, uh, Infocom event digitally, and it, it, it had some, some really good uh, response as well as some poor response just because that's the nature of the game these days. This is still a couple of uh, months out. What do you see happening with this show? Do you, do you, do you think it's going to have the same... Uh, kind of response that that Infocom got. Uh, do you think it'll it'll be, you know, what they expect it to be? Uh, unless AV Nation needs me to do something for them, uh, and I'm always willing to help, uh, I probably will not be attending a single part of this thing. Uh, I just honestly, I go to CDA for the relationships. And uh, the fact that they made a decision to cancel the show, that's fine. They made a decision to cancel the show. Uh, once you get to the point in your business where we are, and I have said this before and I'll say it again, and it's no insult to people newer to the industry. But once you get to the point in business, if you don't know what's coming at Cedia before it gets there, then you're not paying attention uh, because you, you're either not paying attention or you don't care. There are very few things that I see at Cedia from major manufacturers. Now, of course, there's that offshoot. There's that little guy in the corner. You're like, oh, crap, where did that come from? Mm -hmm. Like the year Leaf was there, and the next thing you know, Control 4 bottle. You know what I mean? It was kind of like, whoa, where did these guys come from? 
So uh, other than little things like that, I see very little that I wasn't expecting at Cedia. Um, I go for the relationships. So uh, if there is a get together where a bunch of us are going to get in a room and chat, that's fine. That's really not my thing. I hate web meetings. Um, but what I will say is, is that I'm looking forward to next year. And I hope that whoever does this CDA virtual event, I hope it goes over really well. But uh, I think what you're going to find is an extremely low and very poor uh, involvement with this event. Because as everyone knows, I'm a big supporter of CD and I, I push their certifications and I, I'm everybody I talk to in our industry, I talk about CD and I can tell you that every single person that I have spoke to that normally would go to the CD expo has said exactly what I'm saying. They're just not going to participate because it's not, it's not the same. It's not the same. And uh, as far as Infocom goes, I'll tell you that I, I kind of looked outside those 20 or 30 people that were tweeting all the time because they needed the recognition. Infocom had very poor uh, turnout as well. From what I was told now, I haven't seen the inside numbers, but I, I don't know if I trust them anyway. But the, uh, the thing is, is I think that Cedia is going to see an extremely poor participation rate. But uh, for all my people at Cedia um, organization, I love you and I'll see you guys next year. Very good. Jason, when, when you see this and, and Steve's not wrong, the, the engagement of digital events is tough and it's even myself, I was, I was really hoping to spend a ton of time at uh, the Infocom connected event and it just, I, I, I couldn't step away from life for three days. I still had to run the business. I still had to deal with kids. I heck, I gave a presentation at the event and had to shoot kids out of the room twice, even though they knew <laughs> and their mother was trying to keep them out. They wanted to know what was going on. They wanted to, you know, come and bug me. What has to happen for this event to be successful? Yeah, I think nobody is going to disagree with anybody that believes that, uh, a physical event can be replaced by a virtual event. It just, it just can't be. Um, it's a totally different dynamic. And I think it's the wrong way of looking at this event is not looking at this as a quote unquote replacement for CDA Expo because that can't be replaced. That physical expo can't be replaced. The camaraderie, all that sort of stuff. But, and you're right about this from a standpoint of Matt, you're competing. What do we, comp what is the expo looking for? It's, it's in all, honestly, probably looking for a few hours of somebody's time versus, uh, what, 72 hours of time that you give at the, at the physical expo. So I think, you know, you got to look at it from the attendee standpoint of without the investment of flying somewhere, without the investment of the hotel, from the exhibitor standpoint, without the investment of hundreds of thousands in some cases of them getting their booth put together um if they get some value out of this for the investment and again it will be it'll be minimal compared to what other people get or what you would get at a physical event 
So just to make the point, I, I think it's you have to set different expectation levels. You can't set an expectation level for this event comparing it to a physical event. It's different. So, so let me ask you this then. If we're going to go down that vein, and I don't disagree, I, I, I think it's very hard and, and, you know, having participated in Infocom Connected, that was my takeaway too, is you can't expect any digital event or any happy hour or a, any Zoom meeting to be the same as sitting in a room at a table across from one another. It, it, it's close, but it's not, it's just not the same. If you look at the attendance numbers, if you will, from any of the, the last five years of Expo, do you expect to see a like 25% involvement? Is that, is that too, is that too low? Is that too much to ask? That's, uh, that's a good, it's a good question. I, I think that's high. If you, I do the numbers on Infocom even um, from what they normally had versus uh, what the attendance numbers were for that event. I think you're probably looking at a similar level of engagement, but I don't know what the percentage was on that, but 25% is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see, I don't see 25. I think we're probably looking somewhere around 14, um, at 14%. And I'm going to be honest with you. I think Not a 15, lot of those 14. Yeah. 14, 15, whatever. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of that is going to be um, industry, other industry people tuning in to see what other people are doing. So uh, you'll have the Yamaha guys looking at, okay, what's Integra doing or what, you know, that, that kind of stuff. It's not going to be, yeah, there'll be some attendees there, but even with the attendance that's going to be there, I think that the exposure, uh, w what I like to call uh, lucrative exposure is is going to be very very low but there again um i'm i'm pessimistic about this because honestly um i think it's ridiculous i don't think it should have been canceled i made that very very clear on the cdf forum as well as every other form of communication uh because last time i checked the congress the conference center there in denver hasn't had one single patient in it um so this was all uh, it was done for whatever reason and i'm not going to get into that i think it had more to do with claiming insurance on a on a trade show than it did actual safety of people but that's my own opinion but i will say that the participation that they get is just going to be it's going to be hard and here's another reason why if i go to cedia i take six or seven days and i travel a lot of people don't do that a lot of guys go for two or three maybe four days Matt, you know this. I get there on, you know, Monday. Saturday, usually. <laughs> yeah, I get there way early. I'll walk the city. I'm on the show floor before I'm supposed to be every year because that's the kind of person I am. Um, you know, I, I feel like there's just not – it for me to take a week off and go there and, and participate is a lot easier than if I try to do it from my office for two days because if I'm there, then I can say, hey – I'm detached. I'm out of town. I'm whatever. If I'm in my office, I'm available to my wife, my kids, my dog, my friends. I'm available to everybody. So it's just a different thing. Yeah. The one other thing is to remember not to look at this from the, the viewpoint of just what happens during those three days, because similar to Infocom, 
every single one of the sessions is going to be available all the way through the end of the year. Mm -hmm. So we really don't know. You you really can't give a verdict on Infocom, quite frankly, until the end of the year. Yeah. And you see how many downloads did those booths get? How many views did they get? How many people attended those sessions that were uploaded? Um, not until the end of the year. This will have a similar thing. It's going to go all the way through the end of the year and be, be available with downloads and stuff. Well, and exactly the same as we said, kind of on the, the wrap up of Infocom Connected a couple of weeks ago on AV Week. What I'm most excited about uh, from both the Evicta side and the CDS side is I'm trusting that this won't be a one-time deal as far as recorded events. I'm trusting that this propels them and, and shows the organizations that yes, you can create a very valuable on-site environment. Stop shaking your head, Stephen. You can create a valuable on-site uh, experience for education, and you can also make those available for people that can't be there. Whether there's a cost or something else, I don't really care. The fact that something like 95% of the taught sessions at both of these trade shows are never available after the fact online is atrocious. It's 2020. We can do this. This is simple to do. There's got to be a way, and there's got to be a way that we can, dare I say, convince the, uh, the the decision makers that this is something that they should do. Let's let's continue sort of in the the virtual event vein and and cover a quick story as we're wrapping up uh, that comes to us from Aviation.tv. Crestron is going to host their first Crestron Next virtual event this fall. What is uh, interesting to me is that this is taking place. Tuesday, September 15th, and Wednesday, September 16th. Now think back like 10 minutes ago. That's pretty much exactly when CD Expo starts. Jason, let me start with you on this. I believe you were on my show uh, a couple months ago when Crestron announced that they were coming back to CD Expo. And this was before it was canceled. This was not before there was concern of it being canceled, but that was in the air. Was that, hey, they're doing this event and we're going to come and it also might be canceled. Who knows? Now they're running a two-day virtual event that's going to showcase what's next in workplace education and home innovation uh, in September. Kind of the same conversation that we just had, but this is a major manufacturer. What do they need to do to make this a, a, a successful event? And is this, nobody, nobody said anything about whether they're going to continue to participate in CD Expo as well. Do you expect this to replace that? Yeah, so um, take off the conspiracy theory hat for a little bit. Um, I wasn't so trying to I put can, it on. It's just, yeah, it but, was fun um, timing. So CD Expo, as everybody knows, the original physical event was scheduled for September 8th, the day starting the Tuesday after Labor Day. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Cedia, uh, Emerald Expo, uh, our company was the one that moved our dates uh, to the week after to avoid Labor Day because they didn't feel that people, the, the Tuesday morning after they come back to work from uh, the Labor Day holiday are going to want to jump into the virtual event. So Crestron was actually coordinating with us uh, and on their event, on doing this, this event all along on their dates, the, the, the 15th through 17th. Cedia Expo was the one who moved on top of them 
Uh, and so they're actually now discussing how they can cross pollinate between the two events. So it wasn't, it wasn't some, somebody trying to up to show up another, somebody else. It literally was, uh, Luck um, draw. And, yeah, that's what happened. And I wasn't trying to pull too much into those two things. It just, again, it's interesting, which is why you're here for background. Steven, when you, when you see this, um, I, I, I was trying to get confirmation just before we were going into the show from a couple of people in the know on this about how much of this was going to be residential versus commercial versus kind of their new work from home segment, which is bringing things like mercury into the home environment. When you, when you see this, when you see, uh, again, they're, they're not the first manufacturer to do this. Uh, they probably won't be the last. Is, is this going to kind of for the foreseeable future be the new norm in the way in which and the manner in which manufacturers are, are going to kind of go to market i don't think so i think uh i, I think crestron is a very smart company uh they've been around for a while they they have done a lot of things in the business world to secure business that is the walls that they have put up are very hard to overcome <clears throat> government. But um, I will say that um, I don't think this is, I don't buy into the, this is the new normal garbage. Um, I just don't. And I've had several people that I've talked to around the world say that that's because I'm from the Southeastern U S and we don't think this is the end of the world and we're not taking it serious, which is not true. I am taking it serious, but it is not the end of the world. Um, I do not, um, I do not think there is a new normal. This is too inconvenient for it to be normal for people. Uh, people do not like to be inconvenienced, which is why we are in the industry that we are in. Uh, if people minded inconvenience, we'd all be broke. So, um, you know, this is this is a, a nice thing that they're doing. Uh, I think Crestron is very intelligent to stay on the map during this. Not that I think it would hurt them much if they weren't. But with other companies showing and showing technology and things of that nature, um, I think it's intelligent for um, for Crestron to do this. And, and I, I can't wait to see how it goes. Um, it's no secret I won't be attending, but I will be I will be tracking kind of the what's go what goes on because I keep up with what Crestron's doing because it's a it's a powerful company in our industry. Um, yeah. I just don't like I said, man. I, I don't uh, I don't buy into the new normal, and uh, I can tell you that I've been on several talks and things with CDA boards and stuff like that, and I've had private messages. My opinion is actually a lot more popular than people want to say, but nobody wants to catch the backlash for it. Um, so I'll say what I just said. And um, I'll say what I just said. And people will say, oh, no, you know, the people are dying. Yeah, people are dying. Yes. Every day, even before COVID. But, um, you know, I just um, I think that we'll be back to normal uh, within a few months. Um possibly November 4th, <clears throat> but that's a whole nother conspiracy theory if you follow U.S. politics. But um, anyway, I think that, uh, you know, we're good. Uh, Crestron's going to do some great stuff. I'm looking forward to seeing what comes out of it. And uh, we'll see what other manufacturers, you know, it's interesting. I never put 
the two together with the CDA dates and the Crestron dates. I think that was pretty cool of you, sir. Uh, because very few people uh, conspiracy about the blue squirrel like I do. And it's good to see someone else is on board, but the, um, but not exactly I, where I was going, but sure. <laughs> but the, uh, but I think that, uh, I think we're, we're, uh, we're in the age where people still want to get their information. Manufacturers still want to put it out. So this is not surprising from Crestron. And uh, I hope the event goes extremely, extremely well for them. Um, and I wish that other manufacturers would take note. Uh, that would be great. You know, hey, this company's doing this. And they're the biggest one. Maybe we should take note. Uh, I think that uh, I'd like to see this from other manufacturers, but we'll see how it turns out. Uh, you know, it'll be a success. Uh, Crestron very rarely fails publicly. Um, I stress publicly because, you know, um, you know, they, they have had their times, but they very rarely fail publicly. If they do a public event, uh, it's going to go over really, really, really well. I remember when they rolled out their shades and stuff at, um, at Cedia and, uh, it was front and center, which their booth always was, uh, front and center. You walked in and the first thing you saw was, Oh my God, Crestron has shades. And I heard about Crestron shades for a year. So I'm sure whatever they do is going to work out great. Uh, I look forward to seeing it or I won't see it, but I look forward to hearing about it. <laughs> yeah, just to, uh, just to kind of nail down Stephen's point, our research shows us people want to go to physical events. Yeah. So I agree, you know, the, the night, the new norm, quote unquote, which I hate that terminology also. Um, I think this is what's going to happen this year. Um, but people really want to go to, to physical events. And I think once this vaccine comes, which they're saying is going to, we're going to be very quickly back to normal. And, and I think what's interesting. Not the new normal, the old normal. Yeah, the normal normal. The yeah. normal normal normal. What, what I do find interesting about the Crestron event is they're planning to announce uh, some new products and, and some new things for both commercial and residential at this event. And kind of one of the, we, we don't have a ton of time to get into it, but one of the things that is intriguing about all of this is this is forcing manufacturers to kind of change up some other product cycles as far as releases. So no longer is it necessarily an ISC release date in, in February or a CES release date in January or a, you know, Infocom release date in June or a CD Expo uh, release in September. So It'd be very interesting to see if that portion of of what's been going on continues into the future. So well, remember it's the old chicken or the egg discussion that's been happening for years is do new products exist because trade shows happen or do trade shows exist because new products happen? But you're exactly yes. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. I'd like to say something about that. Um, no, we don't have enough time. I'm sorry. Yes, we do. <laughs> we have time for me to say this. Excuse you, Mr. Canada. So um it has been almost impossible to get supplies. So there are a lot of manufacturers and, and, and I know once again, I don't own a billion dollar company, but here's the thing. Everything is sold out. So if you had new technology and everybody was selling all the integrators I know are killing it right now, I'm talking, if they could get materials, they'd be killing it even more. All the supply houses are out of stock. Everybody's out of stock. I went to Best Buy today, not a single printer on the shelf, not one. 
from the $100 to the $700 all gone. People are, we are a consumer-based society. People want to spend money. They want to have technology. They want the convenience. But these manufacturers are holding out on releasing new product. And I think that may be a supply chain issue, but for some of them, it's not. I know for a fact because I talked to them. Uh, it's not a supply. They're making a decision not to release it during this time because they feel like it won't get the response it normally would. That sounds crazy to me. I mean, if I had new technology, I'd be releasing it right now and people be selling it because everybody's at home buying tech. But the, the release dates on all these products have changed. And a lot of it has nothing to do with what the manufacturers want to do. It's supply line. This, we can't get anything. It's crazy. A Yamaha, something as simple as a Yamaha MusicCast amp or MusicCast preamp, they're allocated right now. They're allocated. So these warehouses that normally get 50 or 60 on a shipment are getting five and eight. Um, well, and that's, that sucks. So just even, keep in mind, anybody even more entertaining is huh? that even more entertaining, the lumber yards are running out of lumber. Well, yeah, because home building is, and they're, everybody's adding a deck to their house. Everything is everything is short. It's not it's not just technology. It's it's everything. Yeah, we have this, projects that are delayed because the contractors can't buy material to mm -hmm. finish what we need them to build, so we can put yeah. the tech in. It, it's, yeah, I saw some data that remodeling has maintained its same trajectory. It has not mm -hmm. slowed down at all. Mm -hmm. And I was just on the phone uh, last week with snap av and they told me they're absolutely having supply chain issues with their arachnus routers and things like that just yep. high demand yeah it's it's crazy yeah i just wanted to i just wanted to say anybody listening to this if you feel like you're falling apart because you can't get parts um brother we're all in that boat together brother or sister to my girl heather but uh we're all in that boat together so um you know everybody keep tight uh, keep pushing, and when the parts come available, the customers will still be there. Very much so. All right, gentlemen, let's wrap it there. Thank you both so much for joining us. Uh, Jason, if people want to connect with you, learn more about CE Pro or Emerald, how do they do that? They can always go to cepro.com or they can follow me on Twitter at JasonWNot. Thank you, sir. Mr. Bronner, thank you so much for joining us again, I think. Uh, if people want to connect with you and uh, learn more about Pro Audio Georgia, how do they do that? They can reach out to me at ProAudio underscore GA on uh, Twitter. They can reach out to me at ProAudioGA.com. It's Stephen at ProAudioGA.com. Uh, look on the website, ProAudioGA.com to get the phone number. Call me. I love talking to integrators. I love helping other businesses succeed. And uh, I like sharing ideas, uh, especially during these times when we all need some new ideas. I'd love to talk to you. So reach out if you need to. Very good. Thank you again for joining us. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of our other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week.